0: Uh, tonight we'd like to do the uh, chapter 53 of Isaiah from memory and then teach through that chapter verse by verse and then for the morning session we would like to uh, I'm not sure yet, maybe we'll do the whole book of Ephesians from memory or we'll do part of it from memory and then we'll work through chapter 6 about the soldier of God and then for Sunday school what we're going to do is we're going to do the book of 1 John from memory and then talk a little bit about the importance of Bible memorization, kind of how do you do it, you know, different te- techniques and tips and all that kind of good stuff. Sound like a plan? Sounds great, I love it. Two or three are nodding. Pastor's excited. I'm excited. So am I. I can't wait. One quick footnote, uh, with speaking First John from memory, sometimes it's hard to tell who he's talking about. Whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Spirit. Mostly the Father and the Son. It's hard to tell sometimes. So I found that directing towards the cross when he's talking about the Son, I think he's talking about the Son. (laughs) It just makes it easier to understand. So a little... uh, Little assistance here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. we make him a liar and his word is not in us my little children these things write I unto you that you sin not and if any man sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that saith I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, and hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which you had from the beginning." The old commandment is the word, which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hates his brother, is in darkness, even until now. But he that loveth his brother, abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother... Is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not where he goeth because the darkness is blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I've written unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. And I have written unto you, young men. Because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. For any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, it is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son, hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, but the anointing which you have received of Him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is true, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in Him. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. And this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, but his brother is righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know we pass from death on to life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion on him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word and tongue. But indeed, and in truth, and hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him. Because we keep His commandments. And this is his commandments, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God and this is the spirit of Antichrist wherever you have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world you have God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world they are of the world therefore speak they of the world and the world hears them we are of God. He that knoweth God, heareth us. He that is not of God, heareth not us. And hereby know we the spirit of truth, and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, and that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved of God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. And hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath towards us. God is love. Because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children as well. And by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the will of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. Our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. There are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and in the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth the Son of God hath a witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given unto us, even eternal life these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of God and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give them life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pay for it, but all unrighteousness is sin. But there is a sin not unto death we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself and that wicked one toucheth him not and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness and we know that the son of God is come and have given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true and we are in Him that is true even in His Son, Jesus Christ this is the true God and eternal life little children keep yourselves from idols Amen Okay, I know you're Norwegians and all those but the science is Baptist outside Okay people, give me an Amen Alright All right, my friends. So here's what we're going to do. We have 25 minutes for me to teach you everything I know about Bible memorization. Ready? Set? Go. (laughs) Okay, so if the Gospel of John is like, you know, driving up the beautiful driveway to the beautiful Downton Abbey, okay? Right? then first John... Do you like Don't Abbey? Is that okay to say in church? Yeah? I've seen all episodes, like twice or three times. I love it too. Anyways, don't tell anyone. <laughs> then first John, right, is like being welcomed in. You're walking through the drawing room, okay? And then you sit down at this beautiful kitchen table. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to have Carson... Get some coffee, okay? And we're gonna sit down, and we're gonna have a little, you know, heart to heart. That's what this book is all about. It's a family meeting, at the kitchen table, okay? Put your phones away—not you, but put your phones away—and everybody, we're just here's what we're doing, okay? And we see that in the language, right? He calls them what? His little children, and he's the father, and you have all this kind of intimate language. Now, why? What are one of the reasons they're having this talk? Is because he's concerned, just like we're concerned for our friends or our kids or our grandkids or whoever. We're concerned that, including ourselves, but they also overcome the world. That's the big headline here, okay? How to overcome the world. How do you do it? How do you do it? Because we all know, look, let's just be honest. Since I was here last, my brother died. He was 37 years old terrible. He grew up in a church just like this, great church, great people, parents who loved him to pieces, did whatever he wanted and you know met all his needs, physical and spiritual. But boom, as soon as he got out of the house, he got on the crazy train. Make a long story short, just made a total disaster of his life and he died from a combination of legionnaire's pneumonia and opioid overdose. Alone. 37. See, he did not overcome the world, right? The energy, the passion, the drive to do like what we're doing—that's the same energy, passion, and drive. He went the other way, like nasty stuff, which we won't talk about because we don't want the roof to fall down on us. No, but the point is, is this is real life stuff that we're all dealing with. How do we, how do we, the loved ones, overcome the world? He tells us it's not rocket science. He says, look, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, we'll just park our car there for a minute, okay? That's where we're going to be. He says, I write on to you, young men. So we'll pause real quick. By application, we'll just say the people in the pew. Okay? Writing into us and the people in the pew. Now, remember, these this church is probably at Ephesus. And when you read the Bible and you think about, is it something I said? Okay. Your sister got up and walked out on me. (laughs) When we read about Ephesus on the pages of the Bible, maybe think of it kind of like a San Francisco. Okay? Something like that. A San Francisco. We live in the land of Fruits and nuts, California. You probably saw the tags on our car. And we live about 150 miles away. Kind of like whatever. Is that how far it is from here to the Twin Cities maybe? Something like that. Something like that. Okay. You know, and you, and in the pages of the Bible, you have modern-day Turkey or biblical Asia Minor, right? You all know this, right? And Ephesus was kind of like where the, like the flag was put in the ground, or one of the flags was put in the ground for the early church. Like, we're really going to try and mission this right culture and society. And we're going to plant a church here. And they, you know, they're not planting a church in, you know, what is it called? International Falls, where nobody lives. And it's... <clears throat> okay? You've got to be very special to live there. <laughs> you do. I'm serious. Just like the people in Israel, right, Pastor, who live in the Golan on the border of Syria. You've got to be special to live there. You have to have a certain makeup about you that's tough. Are you from International Falls? Yes. No? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so they're planting this church in San Francisco. Okay, basically. In the shadows of the temple of Artemis or... Diana, she's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. This is like a cult fertility goddess on steroids. And it's very alluring and very tempting. Okay? So, there's a huge concern that around every corner there's trouble. So, how do we overcome this? Well, he says, I have written on to you, young men, you people in the pew,
1: and he's complimenting
0: him because you are strong. Okay, so what's the cause and the effect here? Why are they strong? Okay, because as you see, the word of God abideth in you. Pause real quick. What does it even mean? Sounds like Yoda talking. (laughs) Abideth! Okay, it's the Greek word meno. Can we say meno? Meno. We've learned a little Greek this morning. Okay, meno. And it means not to sojourn. Not to wander, not to tarry, but to make a home in. Like at Christmas time. My in-laws who live in St. Cloud, they spent three long, I mean short, weeks with us. It was a joke. (laughs) An in-law joke, come on. Three weeks with us in California. So that's what they were doing. They were soldiering, they were wandering, they were tarrying from St. Cloud. They weren't making a home there at that time so I've written on to you people in the pew you're so strong and the reason you're so strong is the word of God, the Bible in this instance, not Jesus in the word of God the word of God, the Bible does not wander from your heart he's saying like the Psalm 119 11, Okay, and because the Bible is hidden in their heart he goes on to say well you, exactly, have overcome the wicked one That's it. That's it. That's the key to get as much. We're thankful that we have the Bible on our phone. We're thankful that you have 4.4 copies at home. Okay? On average, that's what you have. Okay? But let's get real. I mean, when we're out and about, or how do you say about here? Exactly. Exactly what he said. (laughs) You know, and you need instant pretend you don't have a smartphone, and you need instant access to the Word of God, no matter where you are, no matter what you do when you're driving, because you never use the phone when you drive, right? Exactly. When you're driving, and you need that Word of God, you can look at what are the benefits of doing it. Let's just go there. What are the benefits of hiding God's Word in your heart? Why should I take the time, the energy, the effort to do it? I'm busy. That's a great question. Why do it? Well, number one, in no particular order of importance, number one, it puts the mind of God within reach. Within reach. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you could let this mind be in you, which was also in Him. I mean, that's good, right? That's what you want. You want His mind, His heart, His thoughts, How he dealt with problems, how he lived life, how he whatever. You want that in, and you can have it. I want it. Don't you want that? The Word of God abiding in you, secondly, the reason you should memorize it, is it transforms your thinking. Kind of like I was talking with Pastor last night, like you went through Ephesians 1, right? Can someone kind of just shoot out some of the bullet points from Ephesians one? Come on, nice and loud here. Riches, will, will, will of the Father. Good. Ridges. adoption, will of the Father. Louder. Hope, Hope. Anyone else? Seeing greatest power. Perfect. These kind of things. When you go throughout your day. Okay? And you can take a little, you know, mental time out from work and think of things like that. Like, you know, like, he has made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. Like, oh, I think I'm going to start, like, looking and acting and dressing and talking like I'm a priest of God. Because you're her. Things like this verse that whatsoever we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have petitions that we desire of him because you have boldness and access and confidence to approach God. I like that. And that thinking, it does something for you. You know? It changes you. I'm not crazy, but you know. But it does. It changes your thought and your practice, and it's not pride. It's the opposite of pride. It's humility. Understanding who you are in the light of God's revelation. But if you don't have that in you, those words, or at least the concept with the words in you, how can you you become a better whatever? A better father? A better friend? A better whatever? Okay, transforms your thinking. You didn't go from ooze to the zoo to you by a series of time, a chance over you're not a, a, another brick in the wall. Right? You're special. And God has a wonderful plan, all these kind of things. The word of God abiding in you, next. We'll do two more. Next. It provides you with words of comfort in times of need. Okay? You ever been in a situation where you're kind of like, ah, what do I say? <laughs> You know, and then, like, if I get in trouble with my wife sometimes, you know, in order to, like, patch it up. She's like, can you tell me a psalm? So just make sure it's not one of those psalms where they're, they're killing people or something like that. Isn't it? <laughs> okay, I've got a good one for you, honey. <laughs> you know, that kind of, you know, but it's a word of comfort. It's, it's soothing. It's nice. It, it encourages you. It edifies you. That kind of stuff. What do you say to a person in the, you know, the, that's dying in the hospital? You know, I tell you what, you don't say, it'll be okay. How do you know it's going to be okay? Right? Something like along the lines of, you know, the Lord is near unto those that are of a broken heart, and God saves such, or He's close to you because you have a crushed spirit. That kind of stuff. That's good stuff. And then, fourth and finally, because I don't want to steal too much of my thunder because it ties into the morning message, but the fourth reason I think, and there's a lot more. But the fourth reason we abide or memorize is because the word of God is our only weapon. I mean, look. Do I have it here? Now, first of all, there's not even any Wi-Fi near near Jericho if that's where Jesus was tempted. But, I mean, you can see Jesus is tempted by the devil, okay? And do you see him doing this? Oh, Siri, I'm in big trouble. Can you please give me a verse that will make the devil go away? would be more polite (laughs) I don't think so okay I just see him doing what he did and we should be copying that right as he walked we should walk he opens his mouth and he spoke from memory what he learned as a kid no, it just so happened that the verses he's quoting from memory had to do with, you know, he's like a second Moses. He's coming out of Egypt like Moses did, right? And he's on the other side, maybe, of the Jordan. He's coming back in to lead his people with a new law kind of thing. So he's kind of retracing maybe the steps of Israel with those verses. But anyways, the point is, is that the Word of God, he doesn't pray for help. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for help. but I'm just saying it doesn't say he did. He just, boom! Speaks that which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Not rocket science. And what does he do? The devil runs away with his tail between his legs. That's what we want. So then how do you do it? Next point. How do you do it? Well, basically there's three pillars that hold up the, the edifice, the building of, of how to memorize God's word. Okay? First one, and they're simple... Because they are simple. Let me explain. The first one is by by reading, but the keys are the key is number one, to read aloud. I had the privilege as most of you know of living in Jerusalem for a thousand days. Okay? Right next to King David's tomb, which isn't King David's tomb. Okay? But right there. Anyways, so I get to rub shoulders with these people all day, every day. And you get to pick up things from them, you know, about how to memorize and all these kind of things. And so the big deal with them is reading aloud. We don't read aloud. Even at home, we don't read aloud. But especially in public. I mean, could you imagine being on, you know... Airport or at Starbucks or something, and you know, well, the twins lost a nail biter to the Indians last night, four to three. As like, you can't do that, you, you're not supposed to read aloud in public, you must be crazy. Okay, this is just but you go to that part of the world where everybody memorized. I mean, the word Quran means recite, that's what it means. Recite any serious Quranic student worth their salt can recite. Recite, anyways, is a footnote. There was a kid in New Brighton down there that just won the international championship of reciting Quran? Whip-dee-doo. 11 minutes. That's all he could do. Wow. 11 minutes? And he won the international championship? And he won $68,000. Wow. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I could use sixty-eight grand. I should... No. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> but reading it aloud not only reading it aloud okay guys but it's the power of format format i had some jewish friends over there that i would visit who lived on top of the buildings that you could see the temple mount from and there's a school a yeshiva a college there and i'm not kidding it's like encyclopedia britannica sized collection of a jewish law and they cuz some of them could just recite the whole thing from memory and i'm not kidding and it's because not only the power of format, because you know what, where it is on the page, like you do with your old Bible, right? But also tied into that, it's speaking it to your friend, or to your brother or whoever, quizzing each other. right? It's called hevruta, go back and forth, back and forth. Kind of a game, okay? So reading it aloud in the power of format, number one. Number two, memorization by hearing. By hearing, in the most literal sense, we, re- we don't hear God's word. Hear it throughout the. The Bible is originally meant more for the ears than the eyes. Originally, it's like reading Mozart. Oh, I bet you that sounds fantastic. I can just imagine how that would sound. And reading Mozart, and then you hear it. I don't know a Mozart song, but da da. That's Beethoven. Yeah, you know what I mean, anyways. Okay, it's just like oh, it's just like it takes on a new, doesn't it? New whatever. You know, all, like in Genesis 3, you have the voice of God, you have the voice of the narrator, you have the voice of a snake, the voice of the man, the voice of the woman, all these different things happening, but we kind of lose some of the, the passion and the energy and the drama and all these when we don't, when we read it like that. But so to hear, the point is to hear God's word read aloud, do it yourself, copy it on your, you want, copy it on your phone just while you're going to work instead of listening to whatever listen to a chapter over not all the time, everything in moderate but just listen to it over and over and over again, it will, you'll get it and third and finally and you can combine these or hybrid these or pick and choose but these are just general bullet points third and finally, memorization by writing out Okay, now let me explain first of all, no coffee, no worky okay? coffee, pen, paper this is me Okay, and I and if I if I can say it when I write it out, then my mind, my eyes, my hand, my mouth, and my ear are all working together. Okay, I'm using as many members as I possibly can. Okay, now I write it out in such a way that our Bibles are not printed in such a way that makes it easy to memorize. What am I doing? Here it is. This just came out. It's the only study Bible in the world, by yours truly, that helps you memorize. called the Memorization Study Bible. It's fantastic. Master Books, who's like a huge publisher, just printed this. And it came out on Monday. And everything I'm telling you, the whole New Testament is broken down here to make it easier, still hard work, easier for you and your kids to memorize. And so... All that being said, whether you write it, okay, or whether you hear it, or whether you read it, or a combination, right? the way to keep it, because that's what we want. We want to we'll end where we started. You want it to what in you? Abide in you. You want to keep it. Abide, not soldier, not wander, not tear. Make a home in. That's what we want. Right? Is, among other things, review. Or what the Bible calls, meditate. Throughout the day, thinking, setting your affection, your mind, your heart on things above, and just going, if it's at all possible, from Genesis to Revelation every day, and just kind of tell yourself what you know from memory in order from God's Word. The promises that accompany Bible memorization are... Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Then you will make your ways prosperous... Then you'll have good... Do you want prosperity and success? Spiritually speaking, this kind of prosperity, this kind of success. And it could turn into this too, but this is what's most important. Do you want it? Yes, we want it. Then he says, "Let the Bible, let it dwell in your heart and on your lips. And this is what we want. If you just do one verse a week, which is nothing, nothing to do one verse a week. You could have the whole book of Titus, whole book of Jonah, whatever, memorized like by Christmas. And you just do that, and you keep doing that. One thing leads to another, and great, great. It reminds you know how like the 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 uh, like the apple picture is like of someone jamming right with I, the iPhones on the earplugs in. When it, when it it's like that. It's like it's like when you have it hidden in your heart. It's like you can like chains are broken off. Okay, the chains are broken off, and it revives your soul. That's what it does. It revives like a thirsty traveler who gets a beautiful, you know. That's what the Word of God in your heart can do for you. Questions, comments, concerns. Anybody? We got five minutes. Yes. That's what Without looking at your How you know, right. you take a person and diagram for Okay. So, example like Genesis one one. Right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Time words. So, I would write it out. In the beginning, with the number three, God created. Number two in the right hand column, the heavens, two, and the earth, three. So those numbers on the end are kind of like a crutch while I'm writing it out over and over, that can kind of just help me, kind of, how many words are in this line, you know? And then I can just, oh, there's two, right? And then I line up all the conjunctions, right, the ands, the buts, the ifs, give it some shape, kind of like a poetry kind of shape to it, right? And that will work wonders, instead of when you memorize it, like, out of here, where it just kind of runs on, and there's there's no shape, there's no beauty given to how it's formatted or printed. what's the most words you look at in the line and that's all in here because that's what the ancients called an eye's glance because you can go like this and kind of keep it here it's the same thing when you go down highway 35 every single billboard you see has 8 words or less on each line because they know when you're driving 70 miles an hour we don't speed right? when you're driving 70 miles an hour you're not going to forget to buy an orange mocha frappuccino or maybe not Right. <laughs> Anybody else? Questions? Comments? Concerns? How long have you been working on the Bible? Okay, that's a good question. Well, and with that, how long have I been working on the this, this study Bible? Um, well, to make a long story short, I, I created this technique about 10 or 15 years ago, whatever it was, and I just felt a calling that, you know, That we really don't, since we don't have any resources like Bible resources to help us memorize, there needs to be one. So, to make a long story short, it's kind of like pitching a movie script. You go to different, right? And no, no, no. It's all about who you know. But here's what happened last summer: we were in Minnesota, and we were going down through Eau Claire, Wisconsin, to Illinois, anyways, to visit my family. But we got the call while we were walking out the door to Eau Claire that my brother was just rushed to the hospital. Okay, And who knows, he's in a medically induced coma. So I'm like, well, what do we do? Like, well, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna speak at that church, and then we're gonna go down, and we're gonna speak, right, and visit with my brother. So, we, and he's out of it, and that was Sunday, we got there Sunday. Now Wednesday, Wednesday night, I'm supposed to be speaking, or I'm supposed to be at the Answers in Genesis Creation Museum. And it's like, well, well what are we gonna do? My brother's here in a medically induced, and this is I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong, but this is what God convicted me of. He's in a medically induced coma. There's nothing I can do. He's surrounded by people who love him. He's just, he's out of it. We're leaving. We're going to the museum. Because that's the door God opened. So we went. We get to the museum. Unpack. Go to bed. Phone rings. Boom. He's dead. So now what? Wedding, funer- or funeral, whatever is on Sunday. I'm like, okay. Now, Thursday. The point is, Thursday, if Thursday is when I had the meeting Thursday is when I had the meeting that made the Bible a reality so if I wouldn't have gone down to the museum which I was convicted to do if I wouldn't have gone down, it would have never happened and so you look back on the links of the chain and see and so how this was a rebel who didn't want anything to do with God or God's word So, but on the other hand, this can help couple million people, right, embrace everything, right, that we just talked about and Revive, revive Their Soul. Sound good? All right, well, we're going to stop there on that note. We'll be out in the hallway visiting. Stop by. We've got great resources for you to take home with you and to grow in your Christian walk. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you. Amen.